Hey, what's up, guys? My name is Rory Ross. I'm on the Book of Boba Fett as a Tuscan Raider, and I'm sitting here with Elias from the Man Cave Chronicles podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Chronicles. Welcome to the party, pal! You're my boy, Blue! You A podcast with interviews of amazing guests from the world of pop culture. Oh, yeah! TV. Nice! Movies. Oh, I love the movies. Comedy and more. From deep inside the Man Cave, your host, Elias. Rory, welcome to the cave. How's it going? Thirty times for you, my friend. Thank you, yeah. <laughs> Got my little tattooing set up. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, if the listeners, the viewers are tuning in, they're going to see you. They've seen you on Disney Plus's The Book of Boba Fett as a Tuscan Raider. That's, yes, yes. <laughs> I was very, so, very fortunate playing several different scenes there. So uh, before we dive into the show a little bit more, and of course the Star Wars universe, uh, you know, I was trying to do some research on you. I couldn't find that much on you, man. Like, But I know you grew up in Iowa. <laughs> right but how did you like get the but the the acting bug man what made you get into it i mean i feel like uh, it's, it's 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 a crazy little story i mean you know growing up in iowa uh you know i grew up on a, an exotic farm so we had emus ostriches all this kind of stuff and then we had two african lion cubs at one point we also had a pet store but during that whole sort of upbringing i mean really it kind of is also where the star wars story starts for me you know when i was six years old growing up on this farm i happened to encounter uh, a rare fungus that somehow got on the back of my head. And I basically had to go to the Iowa City Children's Hospital. And that's because of that. Um, that's where my Star Wars story happened, because I just remember when we got there, it was sort of like a scene from a zombie movie where a hazmat crew came and they like put me in a decontamination chamber and did all this little crazy stuff and went wow. through different surgeries. Yeah, it was pretty nuts. And then, um, you know, it was that first day my mom brought Star Wars and New Hope. And seeing Luke's journey and, and understanding him also being from a farm and mm. having that resonation there, but just more importantly of his journey and then understanding that, you know, there is things outside of the farm, but more importantly in that moment, it was just giving me that hope and inspiration that I needed that I was going to be okay because I was there for about a month. And, you know, what was crazy is seeing like some of the kids that were in that same pediatric ward with me, some got better and, and some that was sort of the end of the line for them. And so, you know, at such a young age, you know, feeling so vital and full of health and then seeing that and understanding your own health is kind of vulnerable. It was a very scary kind of moment for me. And when I left, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but whatever it is, I want to bring hope and inspiration to people like Luke did for me. And so I was on the farm until 13. And then I left um, kind of just like Luke decided that tattooing wasn't for me. I, I tried to do the farming stuff where I had the overalls and you know going out there feeding the cows throwing the hay all that kind of stuff um and even uh, trying to be a cowboy with the cowboy boots and the shirt and lasso i was pretty good at the lasso but i just was not great at riding horses and i think that was my big downfall um but i left and you know from that uh went to high school in auburn and then i went to uh college in walla university and the first time i actually did an acting play i was a chicken out of all things named picard and i laid an egg on on stage so i went picard and then they dropped and that was that was my first foray into actually acting and then it's kind of been a journey from there and going to seattle and doing a lot of indie films and stuff out there seven witches like one of the first thing uh, that it, it's on amazon and then uh came out to la in 2016 with like 200 dollars in my pocket wearing my seahawks jersey so it's a little tough for me seeing the pages jersey right now but uh you know it was, it was fun i i came out and uh, couch surfed, I think, for like four months, um, just trying to figure out things because didn't have as much of a plan as I should have when I came out to L.A. Mm. And then, uh, you know, here I am still being able to work on Westworld and 
um, you know, had to do a different stand like that. And it's just been an amazing journey. And now to be in the universe that I love so much and have that full circle uh, has been simply amazing. Well, I got, I got it all because like uh, you just pretty much like packed your bags and left. Like what was your parents' reaction? Like did they try to like, <laughs> they give you like advice or anything? They tell you, don't oh, come on. You're like, you give it a try for like a year or two. They come back. Like what, what was the, like, what did they say to you? Well, so not to get too much into the nitty gritty. Uh, unfortunately, my, my father and I, we had sort of, uh, we had a little bit of a disconnect, I guess, again, like saying like uh, Uncle Owen and uh, Luke, right. <laughs> there was a little bit of abrasion there. And so I left a, a few times during the summer, hoping things were going to be a little bit better. And then finally, I sort of decided once I went to Seattle that I was like, I'm not, I'm not coming back. And my mom, she was like, you know, devastated. She was, she was doing, going to school and trying to kind of keep the peace in the family and she obviously really loved me and the, and the rest of the kids and was trying to figure out how to like keep us all home. And I was like, I, I kind of, I need a new beginning, you know, like a new hope for me. And uh, so for me, I, the only way she would let me go is if I went to the school and I had to pay, it was like 10 grand for freshman and sophomore year each wow. and then 12 for junior and senior year. And so I did two different jobs. I also did different scholarships and I always was doing outreach at the time. Um, because again, like going back to when I was six years old, coming back out of that, I was like, how do I, how do I live my life in a way that I'm trying to give to others? And so all throughout my life, I've always tried to find things to do, whether it was outreach in terms of, you know, giving hot chocolate and food to the homeless, uh, mm-hmm. in the Seattle community, or when I was in, uh, Walla Walla, Washington, I shaved my head into a rainbow Mohawk to help raise, uh, I think it was like $3,000 to build bathrooms in Honduras. So it was just, wow. I've just tried to find ways of how can I be a better person and also give back. And so, you know, it's just been, it's been an amazing, amazing journey and uh, not to uh, get too far ahead of myself, but um, we're also going to do a Tuscan watch party. So uh, it'll be myself and my buddy, Warren Prue, who's the stand in on Kenobi, which I can't talk too much about that, obviously. Uh, but we'll be doing some onset stories and commentary. And then all the proceeds will go to the Iowa city wow. children's hospital which is where my Star Wars journey began. That's awesome. So look at that, all that grinding away and pretty much fighting, fighting through. And now you're like cemented part of the Star Wars universe. Your, your name will always be attached to this. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's really amazing. And I want to make sure um, th- that, that I give credit to where credit's due. So what's kind of crazy, um, because of COVID, the production had to shut down. But originally this outfit, the Tusken Elder that you see, um, that I that I wear in several different scenes um, was actually made for my buddy Greg Kufera. Um, so he actually got to go with uh, Robert uh, Rodriguez. He went with John Favreau and Shana, um, who is the head costume director, and they actually made this outfit for him and and made sure that the scene, uh, the robing scene. So they shot out of order. So they did the mm. the robe scene in episode two in the train uh, scene, very the very first thing. And then when production shut down and they came back, he wasn't able to come come through. And so that gave me the amazing opportunity to actually imbue the same character and to go ahead. And, and that's why you see me in episode one and, and parts of episode two. Mm-hmm. So it was really amazing. Had that not happened, um, I'm really excited that he got that really awesome scene of, you know, with Boba and the ceremony and, and having Boba become part of our tribe, which was yeah. really cool to see as a fan. And then also to, to see that in the after effects was really cool, too. So. How did you, so how did you like become part of this? Like, well, was it like an audition or was it like you just, somebody knew you or something? And you just say, like, Hey, we have this part for you. Like tell us the story about that. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting because um, in one regard, you know, so there's central casting, they do a lot of the background casting. And so 
it's not necessarily like you're chosen in the sense of like, you know, you were the only one that we saw. Mm-hmm. Um, so they kind of have a pool to choose from. However, I, I do want to say that I think there's a thing to, to do with manifestation. When you put your dreams out there, when you let people know what you're trying to do and how they can help. Because I remember <laughs> it was in February of uh, last year that I was on set with Tamara Mowry from Sister Sister. And we're just having a conversation and we were talking about dreams. And I, t- I told her about the Star Wars dream, you know, like, you know, this is something that's been really important to me, you know, been trying to figure out ways. And she's like, put it out there. And I was like, yeah, I kid you not. It was an hour later after this conversation, I get a text from Central Casting and it said Buccaneer. And me being a Star Wars fan and being a sleuth, I was like, Buccaneer, that is, that is Book of Boba Fett. Like, oh my gosh. And then it said Turkey Raider. And I was like, Turkey come Raider. on. <laughs> like, this is Tuscan Raider. Like, like, cause they even talked about like having wraps on your face or something like that, or, or yeah. not being claustrophobic. And I was like, that's exactly what it is. And sure enough, when I got on set and they, they fitted me to make sure that that costume mm. that Greg first imbued, uh, did actually fit me. It was, it was just amazing as that process was happening. And every time each piece of clothing came on, you just felt like you were getting more and more immersed into to the universe it's, that we know and love it's funny how like uh would have had other actors on too where they like where they get like the the call or the script and they're like all the hidden names star wars is pretty much like tight they yeah. want to make sure you you don't even have an idea what you're going in for <laughs> right right unless you again unless you're like a big right. fan or a sleuth because i know there was a lot of people even though you know i feel like the codename was out for a little bit in like you know uh different people posted or something but I remember even some of the actors on there, they thought that it was the Mandalorian. And I was kind of like, nah, this, is, <laughs> this isn't the Mandalorian. Like, so it's funny, like, it seems like there's there's quite a few cast members that, um, I don't want to say they're not Star Wars fans, but maybe they're, they're not as uh, kind of yeah. entrenched as I am. Yeah. But I was just like, I was geeking out. I was like, oh my gosh, I, I, like, that's a Bantha. That is a Bantha right there. Oh my gosh. And then you go over here, you're like, this is Tatooine. Like, ah, you know, there's all this, this emotion happening and, uh, the feeling of a childhood dream can't speak highly enough of that that's right so like so how how would you describe now playing this character throughout the the first few episodes and like what do you think was like the biggest challenge i mean so it's you you try to like find ways of separating yourself from the crowd one so Mm -hmm. that you can see who you are because it is and when you're not a main cast member it is like you know people are obviously gonna be like how how do you know that's you and you're like well because of this, you know, and, and so now when I'm on sets of other stuff, I've been making little notes and stuff. But, um, I, you know, just trying to be, I guess, you know, as, as the process goes on and just trying to figure out, like, you know, like walk and stuff like that. Um, but I, I think that the biggest challenge, honestly, was also just the wrappings. You know, mm-hmm. no matter what time of the year you're filming, the California sun doesn't, doesn't give up. <laughs> it doesn't stop for anyone. And so I just remember, you know, especially that first day. Um, I, was, I was trying to be a tough guy and even John Favreau called me that because I remember I was like trying to hide in the shade because they called for mask break and I didn't and they said you know we're going to do a camera move a camera change and obviously each set is different so when you hear that sometimes you know the, the change up in terms of the lenses or the angle it can be pretty quickly uh, so I didn't exactly know how how long it would usually take for them it didn't take too too long um, but they wanted to make sure that everyone was getting a mask break and so I was just trying to play it tough. And I remember trying to get in the shade and then John Favreau came over and he kind of was like, he kicks me in the boot and I kind of look up. I was like, Oh my gosh. And he's like, you know, are you going to go for a mask break essentially? And I was like, Oh no, I'm, I'm fine. He's like, are you sure? Like, you don't have to be a tough guy. And I was like, yeah, 
yeah, it's, it's okay. Um, but I was also freaking out that it was John Favreau because I could definitely right. tell who it was even with the mask. <laughs> but yeah, it was just, it was a lot of fun. Um, but you know, the, it is a little tough to breathe in those masks. And again, when you have all those layers, it's difficult when that sun is beating in on you. It's, it's nice when you have a nice breeze and you can see, like, especially those tents uh, and a lot of the scenes you see, you know, the wind kind of going through. That's real wind. Like it wasn't like usually we didn't necessarily have to put on the actual big fan. Sometimes we did. Um, but typically we, we were blessed with like some really nice wind gusts. But there were some times where it was so bad of the wind gusts that the tent sticks start coming up. And so you're like, OK, like, you know is certain the for the gust to kind of die down a little bit for some of those scenes but uh, when that wind came it was nice because it just kind of reinvigorated you from all the sweat that you've been drenching throughout the day but if it was dry dry wind that was the worst honestly i was that was tough <laughs> how long were you like on how many hours like straight you think you were on set with them with the wraps around you before you actually took a break what was like the longest you remember um i think it was probably that first day again just being the tough guy probably Man, I'm. It might have been. It might have been two hours. Like I might have been trying to be tough. Yeah. I almost want to say three, but I feel like I feel like two hours is probably the the most. It, yeah. it was probably even maybe less than that. It's just when you're in it, mm. it feels like a really long time. And then again, like I said, I was just trying to be. Uh, I was trying not to complain at all. You know, some of these people had been there already when they had started shooting before. And so they were kind of like, okay, look, we know what's up. And so by the time towards the end of it, I remember being like, anytime there's a man, I'm going to take advantage of this. Yeah. Trying to teach anybody new that was coming in to do the same. How long did it take you to, to put, actually put the costume on? I think it probably took about, I mean, it depended. So if you had like two people helping you, then, you know, it was probably somewhere between five to seven minutes. But I think okay. if it was just one person, just because, you know, the costume people, um, Shauna's uh, people, they did such an amazing job. And there's so many people I would love to, mm -hmm. to list, but I would be afraid of accidentally forgetting somebody else. So that's why I'm not saying all of them. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, they just there's so many attention to details. There's little uh, trinkets that are down there that are trying to signif um, specialize or not or uh, basically make it so that you don't look like everybody right mm. and so then you have the obis and everything and they're just trying to make sure that it looks perfect you can't see any velcro or anything that's like of this world sort of thing so it would take some time to really just make sure that they were organizing and everything looked like screen ready and then obviously as you're walking and then they yell cut they would also have them come back on and like you know fix anything if something got awry yeah so working with the cast now, like, how would you describe that? Well, yeah. So with the cast, I, I got to work with uh, Tim on a few different scenes and he, and he was amazing. You know, he's, he's, he really lives this character. And I want to say, I, I saw him do the, the Maori sort of like, you know, the, you know, the, the grunting and stuff. I, I can't remember hundred percent sure on that. Um, but I do remember one scene in particular where you see Boba, taking off from the Tuscan Raider camp who the Rodian uh, funny little story. That's Dawn. She works with legacy. And so it's funny seeing her around. Uh, I saw her on Kenobi and she was typically the one that would help with, you know, animatronics and stuff like that. Or if there was like a big costume character. And so it was funny, like seeing her and be like, wait a minute, you know, that's, that's cool. So I messaged her on the side and was like, I didn't realize that was you. Um, I'd seen her there, but because with the mask and everything, you just don't recognize who people are. Uh, but again, with Tim, when we were doing that chasing scene, he uh, uh, he 
his stunt double actually was the one that was doing the fight originally with Joanna Bennett, who plays mm. as the warrior. And then he ended up getting hurt. I don't think it was anything too serious, but just enough that it was like, you know, and then Tim came in and stepped in and was like, oh, I'll do this. This is fine. <laughs> so anytime, like, you know, there was a chance of him being in it, he, he really took initiative of that. And you know, typically with um, whenever you're doing a camera setup, you will have a stand. You're standing in there trying to make sure that they're getting the lighting and uh, stuff like that. Uh, but Tim would actually do that quite often because he was just, you know, again, he wanted to live that character and, and be it because he's like, this mm -hmm. is who I've been for so long. Right. Now, you also mentioned earlier in the interview about that scene where you guys he becomes a member of the tribe and you were part of that scene also like describe that it was like a powerful scene so far well yeah it, so again i want to make sure that the listeners know um that was greg kufera who did the robing so it was okay. it was the tuscan that i had been but again that tuscan was only because greg was the one that was originally fit for it so mm -hmm. i can't speak too much on that experience i can speak on to it as a fan of just you know seeing that occur and happening okay um, I remember when he came back. So I was in the scene right before that where he comes back uh, with his his branch, you know, and, and that's yeah. the sort of like when he was able to break through through this emotional turmoil. And, and the way I see that scene is that he's sort of breaking. He's breaking through the bonds that he had in terms of trying to be his father or trying to mm -hmm. avenge his father, because from Dionysus, that's what we we've seen. We've seen his journey. If you've seen Clone Wars, you understand like that vengeance was real. And then even in Empire Strikes Back, it's like he's trying to be his dad. Um, and this is finally the chance of him being able to break through that and become his own person and, and be with the tribe, be with the family that this is probably the closest thing he's had to family so far. Um, so that was really, really cool to be a part of and to, you know, him bringing in the stick. And, and then uh, I remember, obviously, you didn't see a lizard when, like, they opened the jar and you just see him kind of go like this. And you're like, is that COVID coming out of him? What is happening here? <laughs> what's going on so they didn't explain that too too much to us uh, but yeah. they were like this is a sacred thing you know everyone would be startled sort of thing um so that was that was really cool and and again to see the tuscan that I, I got to be a part of because of greg uh and see greg doing that roaming scene and and seeing him become part of the tribe that was awesome to see mm -hmm. what's been like your favorite moment on the show as as me or just in general both oh okay so as me I think just because it was, it was really fun um, because I mean, like, you know, there's, there's when he comes back with the, the, uh, the beast head sort of at the end of episode one, that was pretty cool. And being able to hold that. But I think that the, the funnest moment for me was actually um, when he, when Tim brings in the speeders. And so he's like, you know, I brought these for us and he's trying to explain to the chief. And then you look over and you see all the Tuscans being like, Oh, these are parts of scavenge. So we're like taking it off and like throwing it away and things. He's like, Oh, stop, stop. No, for us, you know, and, and uh, I think that was just really fun because we did so many different takes. And I, I think that to a certain degree, maybe Tim was getting a little bit aggravated, like the, the slightest, not saying like he was angry or anything, but because we would do scenes where, or takes of that where we literally just continued until the chief was kind of like gave us like a, a sign or something. Um, and he was just like, come on, like, are we going to keep rolling? Or we're like, what, what's happening here? Um, but that was that was really fun. And then as a fan, I mean, I think again like it, where you see that scene of him at the at the tree you're seeing the sort of that uh hybrid of like it's camino or what looks like camino to us because we've seen the tumultuous seas but then also knowing that you know tatooine actually used to be a covered in water or a sea planet um was also really interesting in understanding that dynamic but with boba in terms of boba and seeing him struggle 
you know, doing that cross cut between the Sarlacc pit and then also, you know, with him inside the tree and, and trying to break free, seeing him finally get that release, I think was actually a really cool moment. And what I think Book of Boba Fett really is sort of about, I mean, yeah, it's got the crime families and everything else, but I think it's more about how, you know, how, his, his journey and where he's coming from and, and where he's going. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's been a huge thing. We mentioned earlier about John Favreau. How amazing has it? Like this guy has pretty much took the Mandalorian out of this, and it's like whole different world compared to like other Star Wars projects we've seen in the past. Yeah, I'm well, John and and Dave Filoni. Dave Filoni, for those that may not be familiar, Dave Filoni, mm-hmm. uh, he did the animated Clone Wars, and so he's the one that brought in Ahsoka, and then we saw Ahsoka and her journey in Rebels, and then now he got to bring her into live action. I can only imagine how cool that was for him. Uh, and, you know, and, and seeing some of these other characters that he that he brought, like Rex and and stuff like that, and through through the different um, series, you know, with Clone Wars and Rebels, um, it's just been really cool in terms of, of seeing that. So, but working with John and and Dave, I mean, it's just amazing. You know, I look at I look up to him of being able to see these amazing Star Wars stories, and then to see freaking Luke come back in Mandalorian season two was like, oh. <laughs> Man, you know, so like right. my ultimate dream would be to to be a Jedi, hence, hence the whole outfit, you know, the manifestation yeah. aspect. You know, I, I think it's actual plausible thing. And so, like, if I got the chance to be Luke Skywalker student at his Jedi Academy, should they show that, that would be amazing. And so mm-hmm. that's that's that would be the ultimate dream for me. That's awesome. So like, so you had a role in this. There's rumors that you're going to be in Kenobi. But from what I've been digging around online, like, what else do you want to do in the Star Wars universe? You know, you mentioned the Jedi also. It's like. How many yeah. parts do you want to have in this universe? As many as you can. <laughs> well, so for, for me, so I, I have been able to say I was a stormtrooper in Kenobi. Um, I don't know if I want to say that at this particular point, but um, you know, it's just been, it's been really amazing. And I've told them uh, since Boba Fett, like, Hey, look, I want to be, you can use me as much as you want, as long as my face isn't seen until I get an opportunity to play as a Jedi. And so um, they're, they're, yeah. That, awesome. That's what I'll say. It's like yeah. I I don't want my face seen until I have <clears throat> I have that opportunity to to do so um, with that that amazing dream. So that's that's right. what it is. How about voiceover work? Would you do that for Star Wars stuff? Oh heck yeah! I would definitely do voiceover if they, if they were like, "Yo, we want you to play." That, but yeah, let's go. Right. Be, that would be amazing. Like yeah. to to be in the echelon of with Ashley Eckstein who did um, you that's know right. Soka, and then you've got D Bradley Baker who did all the uh, the trooper voices. Amazing, amazing, amazing guy. Uh, that would be Matt Lanter as Anakin. That'd be so cool. Now, what's next for you now? Any other projects you could tell us about that you're working um, on? Yeah, I could I could say so. I, I just did, I finished on a project called Unwavering, um, which is really cool. It was kind of about the uh, the race studies uh, that happened in the, uh, I'm trying to remember the time period, but it's like the 60s i want to say 60s or 70s um but we just finished on that at the university of redlands and so that's in post right now um hopefully that'll be coming out sometime this year and that was that was really cool to to be a part of um as an associate producer and then also i got to do a minor role as a professor um but with that you know it's it, honestly what i've been doing is just uh working on certain little things here and there and uh trying to train and and be as prepared as possible should that opportunity come about if I was able to audition or, or uh, become a Jedi. So that's, that's sort of my, my focus at the moment. Um, 
and just uh, trying to, to find ways of giving back to the community. And again, that's why I was talking about the Tuscan watch party. Mm. That's sort of really my big focus right now and trying to get that going. Um, that's going to happen after the series is aired. So there's no potential spoilers. Uh, we can talk more about, you know, in depth yeah. about certain things. Uh, and um, yeah, that's, that's what we're trying to do or what I'm trying to do right now. That's awesome. Uh, Rory, how can the listeners and the viewers find you on social media so they keep up with you? Yeah. Uh, you can find me uh, at the Rory Ross on Instagram and Twitter, as well as born to be a Jedi.com. That's where you can see all the updates about the training and uh, different things there, different convention appearances and stuff like that. And um, yeah, follow along the journey and uh, may the force be with you. Rory, this was great. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. Hey, a pleasure, man. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, everybody. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening to the Man Cave Chronicles podcast. I finally get my man cave. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at the MCC Podcast. And our website, themccpodcast.com. Until next time. Until next time.